player, coach, pain in the ass. <gasps> He's done it all on the gridiron from South Bend to Arrowhead. From football on the radio, back to football, then more radio, then a little more football, and now radio again. It's Tim Grunhard on the program. Pretty good fight song. One of the better ones. Mm-hmm. I don't, uh, with Tim on the line, I don't want to say what one of my favorite fight songs is. But Michigan. Oh, yeah. Everybody loves Michigan. But that's, I get there, I, I realized this when I was looking for Michigan's fight song when they won the title, that there's a fight song and then there's like what they call the touchdown song. And that's the, Mich- that's the Notre Dame fight song, but... It isn't what everyone usually knows is three cheers for old Notre Dame. That isn't their fight song, I learned. Because the Michigan one is the one everyone's dun, 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 dun. I looked at Michigan fight song and it's something completely different. I'm like, what? Yeah, whatever. And the one that everyone knows is called the touchdown song. You know, shockingly, Adam, <laughs> Curtis has taken the baton and yes. run right off the track with it. That's all right. I actually learned, I learned the Michigan fight song words before I learned I'm a Jayhawk, which is the Kansas fight song. I still haven't learned Down Down the Field, which is the Syracuse fight is it? song. Yeah. yeah. But often things no that are idea. fight songs aren't Missouri's um, long way to Tipperary. That's not well, the Missouri K-State, fight song. K State has the Wabash, the Wabash is Cannonball. Not their fight song. No one knows what the K State fight song is. I mean, some people who go to go there do but everyone knows Fighting the Wabash ever Cannonball. fighting for a Wildcat yeah. victory, yeah. go state. Fight UK State Wildcats. I mean I know it because I have played it, but anyway. Off, off my weird little uh, stage here. Go ahead. Uh, Tim Grunhard joins us uh, here on the program. Brought to you by our friends. This segment was on the radio. <laughs> but what we did though was is we we didn't step on each other as our caller said. Thank we you. We gave everyone time. We yes, talked. We do at the right volume. Um, it's brought to you by our friends at Twin Peaks. If you're looking for a great spot to watch some playoff football this Sunday. Twin Peaks, uh, made from scratch menu, 29 degree draft beer, premium cocktail served over ice balls. Okay, you know all about uh, that. Yeah. Uh, TV's everywhere in the most scenic views. Uh, it's at Twin Peaks. Eats, drinks, scenic views, Independence Olathe, and in the Northland. Uh, great spot to watch some college basketball tonight. You, uh, was it Mizzou? Mizzou's going tonight. K-State going tomorrow. So uh, get to Twin Peaks to check out all your games. Uh, Timmy, how are you, my friend? I'm doing awesome, guys. How about those Kansas City Chiefs? Yeah. Wow. It's impressive uh, to see that uh, six in a row. Six in a row. Remember when you made that one AFC championship game? <laughs> yes, I do remember it. I remember it well. So what is, uh, like, I mean, you know how hard it is to do this. Like, I mean, how, how hard you worked, and, and you guys were so good for so long, and you made one. What goes through your mind? I mean, you're the guy that really, for us, we're just spoiled brats, you know, enjoying this. You know what goes into it. Like, what, what goes through your head thinking about six conference championship games in a row? Man, it's just unbelievable. I think it's one of the best sports runs that I have ever seen in my life. And and I'm just so happy it's right here in Kansas City for the Chiefs kingdom and, and the great fans we have here. And, yeah, Trent, it is so hard to get to one AFC championship game, let alone six in a row. It just takes so many different things. Number one, you got to have – you know, a great football team, obviously, with a a, uh, uh, a generational quarterback, which the Kansas City Chiefs do. 
And then you got to have good coaching. you got to make adjustments during the game, which the Kansas City Chiefs did last week, I thought, masterfully. And then, um, you know, you just got to get lucky. You can't have injuries, and, and you know, the ball's got to bounce the right way, and guys got to miss kicks and all those kind of things. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's just unbelievable. And I, and, I, and I would hope that everybody would kind of just sit back for a second today and just realize how lucky and how blessed and how unique this is to have your team, the team that you love, the team that you have – uh, you know, followed your whole life now going to six, uh, AFC championships in a row. And, you know, the cool thing is, uh, that the Kansas City Chiefs now have a presence in Las Vegas as each team, all four teams send about eight or nine people to Las Vegas, which was today. Uh, and, uh, they go out there and, and, uh, uh, they, they figure out, okay, here's what we're going to say. This is kind of the, what we're going to practice. You know, uh, where are we going to put the meeting rooms? Well, you know, where they set up kind of the logistics for the meeting rooms and the food and the transportation and, and all that kind of stuff. So the Chiefs have about uh, seven or eight people along with the Lions and the Baltimore Ravens and the 49ers out in Vegas right now, you know, looking at logistics. So how cool is that that once again, the Kansas City Chiefs are a heartbeat away, one game away from going to another Super Bowl. So, uh, yeah, we are uh, just so lucky here in Kansas City. And, listen, it's going to be a tough game against Baltimore. It's a very, very good football team. Uh, but, you know, I think all four teams that are in it are the teams that deserve to be in it. I think all four teams are great football teams. And uh, the NFL got it right this time. Uh, the four best teams, the cream rose to the top. And uh, it's going to be fun to watch these football games this weekend. Yeah, no doubt. Um, you know, it, this is the one I'm really nervous for uh, because I, I I felt like they were going to beat the Dolphins. I felt like they had everything they needed to beat the Bills. I think they're punching a little bit above their weight class uh, against the Ravens. I think the Ravens are the better team this year. And while the best player is on the Chiefs' side, I, I'm not convinced that – and I think the Chiefs have – they certainly can win this game. I'm not saying, like, they can't win it. They certainly can win this game. And if a couple of bad bounces go against the Ravens and go the Chiefs' way, then they're in great shape. But I, my concern is that they're still sloppy. McCole Hardman still fumbles the ball, you know, out, out the end zone. They stopped the fake punt and only had 10 guys on the field while they did it. Like, there was still the usual kind of goofy crap that goes on with this team. And, you know, what? what is a little scary to me is MVS came to play. Well, are we hanging our hat on that MVS is, oh, no, no, now we're good. He's good for two for 60 every game. Like, I'm not, I'm not feeling that. Like, this is one where I think the Ravens are the better team. They're on a mission, and this one's going to be tough. Yeah, there's no doubt that the Ravens are the better football team, and I, and I don't think there's anybody in Kansas City that would stand up and, and disagree with us. Now, in our hearts, we you know we want the Kansas City Chiefs to win, and they're our team. And you know, naturally, you're like, hey, you know, we you know we're going to make it to the Super Bowl. This is going to be once again our year. But uh, the Baltimore Ravens are a great football team, and. And yeah, uh, if it's, if, if Mahomes is one, one A is Lamar Jackson. Uh, Lamar Jackson is an unbelievable football player. And, you know, the cool thing about it is, is when the offenses are on the field, the best football player on the field for, uh, for both teams are the quarterback. So, you know, when Lamar Jackson's on the field, he's the best football player on that field out of the 22 that are out there, you know, playing. And when the Kansas City Chiefs are on offense, 
Patrick Mahomes is the best football player of the 22. And this is a quarterback-driven league, and you have to have a quarterback that can make plays and make good decisions and, and put you in good spots. And, you know, Josh Allen did it to a certain extent, but also just didn't quite have enough to beat the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, Lamar Jackson does have enough. Now, granted, Lamar Jackson has struggled against the Kansas City Chiefs, and, and the Chiefs uh, uh, seem to have his number, but he's a better football player than the last time we played him. This guy has gotten a lot better. He makes better decisions. He still doesn't make you know, all the right decisions, but he makes better decisions. He, he does a better job of taking care of the football. And the guy runs a 4-4-40. I mean, he's just a great athlete. And anytime you have a football in the hands of a great athlete, you know, defensively, you're going to have to, you know, step up and, and do some things to, to limit what he can do. You know, it's funny. I, you guys know, because I've showed you, I have a kind of a catalog of basically every season that I ever played with all my notes and, 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 and all the, the different uh, things we were given from each coach. And I went back to 1992 against the Eagles when Randall Cunningham came to Kansas City, and they were a really good football team, and he was playing very, very well at the time. Because I wanted to see what the defensive coaches were telling our defense of how to limit and how to stop an athletic quarterback, you know, like uh, uh, Randall Cunningham. And then now we can fast forward to 2024 and, you know, and, and how that equates into how to stop Lamar Jackson. And the qualifications, and this, this is from – and, and, I, and I think it was Dave Adolph. I can't remember. Maybe it was Dave Adolph. Uh, it could have been. It wasn't Bill Cowher. I think it was Dave Adolph. Now, granted, listen, Dave Adolph. It was. Was there, why, why are we listening to Dave Adolph, right? You know, uh, but was it and, – and you would know better than I would, Curtis. Was it Dave Adolph in 92 yeah. as the defensive coordinator? Yeah, Cowher was so, in his first year in Pittsburgh. Right. So um, so here, here's some of the notes I got. I thought you guys would think it was pretty interesting. The qualifications for a spy. Uh, you got to be a great tackler. Okay, so let's look at the Kansas City Chiefs right now. Who's the best tackler on the Kansas City Chiefs? Probably Bolton. All right, so they may go that assignment of being a pure spy, okay, a guy who is being considered the spy, the quarterback. Now, people kept saying, well, Josh Allen, we got to spy Josh Allen, and they did in certain circumstances last week, but they didn't spy Josh Allen the whole game. They're going to basically have to spy Lamar Jackson the whole game. So the qualifications would be a great tackler. Probably Bolton, you know, gay if he's healthy, but probably has to be Bolton. Won't be fooled by jukes and fakes. He has to be very quick and fearless. When you make a decision on that spy position to go after the quarterback if he's stepping out of the pocket, you've got to be quick and you've got to be fearless and you can't hesitate, especially when you're playing against a guy like Lamar Jackson. So, uh, you know, most of the defenders, and this is according to the notes, most of the defenders buy into the head fakes and the hip fakes and the shoulder fakes, and you just can't do that. You've got to watch his waist, and you've got to watch his lower body because the lower body's going to take you where he's going to go. Lamar Jackson does a great job of head faking, using his shoulders, using his arms, using the ball. We saw Patrick Mahomes use the ball in open field a little bit and fake somebody out. Lamar Jackson does a really good job of that. So uh, the, the spy is basically going to probably have to be Bolton if Gay's healthy or maybe a, a safety. Now remember, why wouldn't it, why wouldn't it be stop. Drew Tranquil? If, yeah, it could be Drew Tranquil. The only one. thing that scares me about Drew is. Is Drew fast enough? 
uh, you know, this guy runs a 4-4, and I've known Drew since he was, you know, just a kid at Notre Dame, and he is a fearless guy, uh, and, and he's, he's very quick, but is he fast enough if Lamar Jackson gets a step on him to catch up and make the play? That remains to be seen. So, it could be Drew Tranquil because Gay's probably hurt, and, you, and I'm not sure you want to take Bolton out of the defense. And when I say out of the defense, and this goes to the next point, okay, so when you have a pure spy, a guy who sits in the middle of the field, now this guy, he doesn't cover the tight end. Uh, he doesn't cover the back out of the backfield, right? He is watching the quarterback. And once the quarterback releases the football, then he's a part of the defense. But before that, it's 10 defenders against 11 uh, offensive players. So you put yourself in a little bit of peril when you have a pure spy. But you really have to do it against these kind of quarterbacks. The other thing that you can't do that Spags really likes to do is bring pressure. Because one of the things like Patrick Mahomes or Lamar Jackson does so well is if you do bring, okay, you have a spy, right? So right now you've eaten up five of your guys. You have your four defensive linemen and you have your spy. If you decide to bring a safety off the edge or a corner off the edge or one of the backers, outside backers, now, you know, you're, 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 you're putting six guys, sometimes seven guys into the rush. And if Lamar Jackson gets through that initial wave, most of the time you're playing man behind it, so it causes issues there. This is not an easy assignment to stop Lamar Jackson. That's why teams have struggled against him, and that's why he's the leading MVP candidate, because people just can't figure out right now how to slow him down and stop him. The one thing that you can do is, that you can do is once you start to hit him a little bit, and once you get him uncomfortable, he makes bad decisions. But on the flip side, everybody, once he makes a couple of big plays, the guy gets into a different mode mentally, and he feels he can't do anything wrong, and he, a lot of times he doesn't. This is going to be an unbelievable matchup for the Kansas City defense against Lamar Jackson, and you know it's going to take a fearless, quick, tough, physical guy who makes really good decisions to be put on Lamar Jackson because Lamar Jackson can hurt you. And now he's got wide receivers that he can get the ball to. Yeah. Uh, You know, I I will say this. I think the wide receivers of the Ravens are – Overrated. Rashad Bateman hasn't peed a drop in this league. I, I hear about him every year. He's going to do some. Zay Flowers is a good young player, but yeah. he's a rookie. And Odell Beckham Jr. Spare me. <laughs> I mean, what he played fourteen games and has five hundred yards. Like we, if, if, you know, he was McCole Hardman. Right, like, and, and everybody can't stand McCole Hardman in this town, but that's the kind of numbers that McCole Hardman would put up for this team. And like Odell Beckham Jr. is still somehow a thing. Like, I, it's like I, that, that's one thing that I think is overrated about this team: the idea that there's all these. He's got a couple of really good tight ends. That's they, what he's got. He didn't yeah. have a 900 yeah. yard receiver this year, yeah. tight end or wide receiver. Odell yeah. Beckham. I, I hope you're right, guys, and and, and I hear you. Um, but you know, the, the problem is, I don't know how good you have to be. When a lot of times, you know, you're so focused in on, on, on limiting what the quarterback is doing that you're starting to peek around and you leave space. And space is the killer for defenses in passing games. That's one of the things the Chiefs haven't done a very good job of is creating space with their wide receivers. 
And Lamar Jackson kind of creates space with just his legs and his and 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 the things that he does with the football, uh, you know, post snap. So yeah, you're right. There's no superstar wide receiver, but Zay, but Zay Flowers has done a nice job of making some plays. And you said the tight ends are, are very very active. Yeah, so, I mean, listen, nobody's saying that these guys are unbeatable, unstoppable offensively. But, yeah, it, it, what they're doing right now, you've got to be so disciplined and you've got to be such a good tackler and you've got to do all the right things technically and fundamentally. One of the things that we could talk about, if you guys want a little bit, is the Chiefs didn't do in the first half and the defensive coordinator, Fags and Cullen, the defensive line coach, did a really, really, really nice job of making some adjustments in the second half in order to slow down the Buffalo defense. But, uh, yeah, this what a great game. It, it, it's going to be you, – if you like chess games and you like going back and forth and coaches kind of staring at each other in the eyes and saying, okay, you got me that time, but I'm going to get you this time. Well, this is the game for you. Let's talk about the adjustments. What was the adjustment they made? Because they gave up 260-some-odd yards in the first half and 133 in the second, and they were really being pushed around. I mean, it was a lot of Josh Allen running, but they obviously knew that Josh Allen wasn't like, it was like, oh, my God, Josh Allen runs? We weren't ready for that. They knew, and especially come playoff time, now's the time for him to throw his body around, and they were powerless to stop him. It seemed like every third and six was a Josh Allen run for a first down. What did they do to get better in the second half? Well, first of all, one of the things that uh, uh, that uh, Buffalo did that I think may have surprised the Chiefs a little bit is putting six offensive line in the game. And uh, so that, that extra offensive lineman was able to get up on the second level uh, while kind of creating some space on the backside, especially it was mostly cut off on the backside. Not a lot of stuff running at the, the, the extra lineman. But uh, so they had six offensive linemen. So the Chiefs had to make an adjustment to that, which I think they did. And anytime you have six offensive linemen, your gaps get a little bit screwed up. So you have to shift over a little bit. So, you know, the guy that usually lines up maybe in a one technique on the center, the center now is not the basically the center of the offensive line. So you have to shift the defensive linemen over a little bit in order to be gap sound with your uh with your relationships to, to, to the offensive line and your relationships with the linebackers, you have to shift over a little bit to keep your gap uh, integrity. And that's one of the things. I don't think the Chiefs did a very good job of that early. The other thing that they they didn't do a good job of early is they were playing too high. Uh, they, they, they were letting the offensive linemen get into the bodies of the defensive line and push them back or drive them sideways, which – you know, that's bad enough, but what, what, what happened is the linebackers uh, were bubbling over the top, and when a linebacker bubbles over the top, uh, you know, you, you lose a little bit of that cap responsibility, and, and you're tackling a guy now four or five yards down the field instead of one or two yards down the field because you can't get to where you're supposed to be as a linebacker because you got defensive linemen's asses in your face. And that's what it seemed to happen. So what Joe Cullen did, and, and I thought it was really good as you said, guys, listen, we have got to bench press and get these guys off of our bodies and, and, and peek in the backfield and do not get pushed back and let our linebackers flow a little bit let them make some plays. And in the first half, they didn't do it. But if you notice in the second half, you know, Drew Tranquil and Bolton, they made some plays in the backfield because they were able to get to their gaps because defensive linemen weren't in their laps when they were trying to get downhill. So that was the other adjustment they made. 
So the front seven made a pretty good adjustment in the second half of kind of locking guys up, pushing them back a little bit, and limiting some of the uh, of the gap uh, uh, integrity issues they had in the first half. So uh, I thought that was a good adjustment. And, I, and it's not that they didn't know that. Sometimes you just got to be reminded. You're trying to be physical. You're trying to be tough. You're trying to be, you know, that guy who's mashing people. But a lot of times when you do that, you know, you're getting so clogged up with offensive linemen pushing you back, and 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 you and you think that you're doing good things, but you're not because you're getting pushed back in the linebackers. So the Chiefs did a better job of getting some. Once again, here's the word: separation from the offensive lineman to the defensive lineman in the second half in order to limit some of the running plays. Yeah. Now, they, they were playing high. I mean, that's one of the things. Even Mike Pinnell, I was like, he's coming straight up out of his stance. Like, it's almost like, and I think, was that because they were trying, what I assumed it was, was they were trying to be gap sound and everybody's trying to keep Josh Allen in the pocket. So they're all trying mm-hmm. to play like linebackers instead of firing out and trying to get after him. And I, it didn't work. I mean, it didn't work at all. Uh, yeah, I, I was, I thought it was pretty scary how that first half was going, the way the Bills were going up and down the field uh, on them and, and manhandling the team. You know, we thought we'd gotten past that the Chiefs can't stop the run. Like, yeah, they're great against the pass, but you can really run on them because they'd had some good days against the run. But that one had you going, ooh. And especially knowing that Lamar Jackson's on the other side, you're like, well, this isn't good, and they did come back around and 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 get it done. Um, how impressed were you by Travis Kelsey uh, in, in the day he had? Was that a product of, for the first time, somebody said Rashi Rice is the threat? We're taking him away, and so Travis Kelsey was left maybe with a lot less attention, or did he just look healthier and like he's getting back to being the old Travis Kelsey? I think it was a combination of all those things. I do think that Rashad Rice is starting to get into the minds a little bit of the defense coordinators. You know, if you look at just his postseason uh, accolades so far, he's got over 120 yards or something receiving in, in the two games, and he's made some plays. And, he, and the guy has such quickness and great uh, vision after he catches the ball and makes plays. So, you know, you got to limit what that guy can do. And the Chiefs have done a good job of getting the ball in his hands as quick as they possibly can and getting some guys out in front and let him weave in his way through that defense. Uh, I think the other thing is I think Travis looks a little bit healthier. Uh, I think that, you know, maybe that, that, that day off that he had, uh, you know, uh, the last game of the season, you know, sometimes you think, well, it's going to equate right into the next game. But sometimes it takes a little bit of time in order to get kind of healed up and it looked like he was as healthy as he's been. The other thing is Buffalo's linebackers were banged up, and it didn't seem like they had anybody there that was of the quality to be able to cover him. So it'll be interesting to see if they can do the same thing against Baltimore because Baltimore has a stout defense. I think they're the number one defense uh, in the league right now. If they're not, they're in the top three. Um, that you know they do a really good job of, of using their speed and quickness. And will they be able to cover Travis Kelsey? And will he become the kind of the point of emphasis again for the defensive coordinator and defense of Baltimore? So, yeah, great, great question. And you're exactly right. Travis Kelsey, they got, you know, he's a little like Diggs in the, in the, in the way that, you know, you got to get the ball to him early, get him in the game, get him active, get him in the flow, get him a feel for the game. And when he does that, he seems to raise his game up. And that's what happened for him. Uh, especially in that Buffalo game. Yeah. Um, Lamar Jackson, how much tougher 
or is he tougher to stop? I mean, he's different. He's more elusive uh, and less powerful than uh, Josh Allen. But if you were a defensive coordinator, would you be? Which one scares you more, Allen or or Jackson? Yeah, I think Jackson does um, because you know it used to be. Strand and you and I have talked about this. You know, gosh, I remember you and I talking about this playoff matchup a couple years ago. That you know, Lamar Jackson's going to get his running yards. He's going to make plays. He's going to tuck the ball and run. But you know, he's going to also miss wide receivers wide open, and he's going to, you know, he's going to throw the ball to the defense and all those kind of things. Things that he hasn't done as much this year, so he's done a better job. And he has, he just has incredible speed. Uh, you know, at one point, I think somebody I was reading, he ran a four three forty. So the ability to accelerate and change directions, and it, it seems like he can. He almost. Uh, teleports from spot to spot out there on the field. So, um, you know, what's the answer? Is it a great pass rush? Well, not really, because if it's a great pass rush, you're getting up the field, then he can just kind of step through that initial wave like we talked about and make some plays. So then you decide, okay, do I send five or six defenders? That's not really the answer because, you know, now all of a sudden you have fewer guys on the back end uh, to stop him if he gets through that initial wave. So, you got to try to just keep him in the pocket as much as possible. Have your spy there when he tucks it. You know, make sure he, you limit him to three or four or five yards, and then you know, hope he makes a mistake. But Lamar Jackson is playing very, very well right now, very good, and uh, you know, he most likely is going to be the MVP and uh, probably deserves it. So, yeah, I mean, this is a really stout defense in Baltimore. They have really good athletes at the quarterback position. They run the ball efficiently. They're, they're going to they're gonna see what Buffalo did, and they're going to try to continue to run the ball against Kansas City Chiefs. Kansas City Chiefs got to come out and be better, uh, you know, play lower and be better with their gap responsibilities to stop the run. But Lamar Jackson is the key. If you can limit Lamar Jackson, kind of like Josh Allen, if you can get Josh Allen frazzled and, and flustered, he throws the ball uh, away like he did a little bit in that, in that last drive where he had a couple guys open and couldn't get the ball to him because he was seeing the rush. Or, uh, or you, you know, you just, he throws the ball to you, which he's done before, you know, then you got him. But you've got to get him out of his game because if he gets in the flow of the game and he feels comfortable and he feels like he's invincible and can do everything, it's hard to stop that. It's hard to change his mindset when he's playing as well as he has over the last couple weeks. Yeah. Um, listen, I, I think – what kind of game do you think we're headed to? Do you think we're headed to, uh, you know, one that's – you know? B- uh, down in the trenches, or do we think the Chiefs are going to be able to get the offense going? High flying, we're we going up and down the field. Or are we going to play? You know, it's two of the best defenses in football. Are we going to be looking at seventeen, sixteen? What what kind of game do you think we're looking at? Well, I think the offense for the Chiefs are peaking right now at the best time. I mean, that's, you're right. MBS, can you count on it? I don't know, but he had a nice game last week. Travis Kelsey played well. Rasheed Rice played well. Pacheco ran the ball well. I thought the offensive line had their best game they had in a long, long time up front. They ran the ball very well. They matched basically Buffalo play for play with, with some of the running uh, game uh, uh, that, that they, they put in uh, last week. So, um, yeah, I think this could be one of those games where, um, you know, once again, it's going to come down to, and I hate to say it because it's cliche and everybody's going to say it, but it's, it's really going to come down to, what team makes the more mistakes? So who's going to turn the ball over? Who's going to have the key penalties? Who's going to have the pass interference on the big plays down the field? Um, you know, who, who's going to make their field goals? 
those kind of things that are just so important when it comes to these games because I think both of these teams are very, very uh, close in, in matchup. They both have great quarterbacks. They both have defenses that are playing very, very well right now. And I think it's just going to come down to, once again, you know, penalties, turnovers, and special teams. Uh, so uh, if the Chiefs can put together a, a nice game plan, kind of like they did last week, especially in that second half, then, you know, I think the Chiefs have a really good opportunity to win the game. But, man, oh, man, this, this, is, this is a tough one. This is the one that scared me all the way through, kind of like you. This is a football team. I'm not sure if the Kansas City Chiefs match up that well against Baltimore. But, you know, hey, listen, you never count Patrick Mahomes out. And, and, we've, and, and Curtis, you, you, were, you were in this boat, too. I would say five or six, seven weeks ago, there's no way that we thought that the Kansas City Chiefs would make it to the AFC Championship, let alone beat the Dolphins and beat the Bills to get to the AFC Championship game. So, you know, they've done that. They've, they've, they've made some adjustments, and some of their players are playing better here at the end of the year. And they're just going to have to play their best game. And they, they can't make – you can't fumble the ball through the end zone. You, you, you know, you can't you – can't, I made the quote, all heroes are dead. Fall on the damn football. You know, the ball is fumbled down. Fall on the football. You have a prolific offense. You have one of the best, the best quarterback maybe in the history of the game. Get it in his hands. Just fall on that ball and stuff like that. You know, I think Andy even said it. You know, we didn't play with a lot of football IQ in certain situations in that football game against Buffalo. They have to do that against Baltimore. All right, give me your prediction. Who wins? What's the score? What do you think it's going to look like? Yeah, so every time I'm really worried and I'm not quite sure the Chiefs are going to win, I always say the Chiefs win by one. So I'm going to say the Chiefs win – uh, 21-20. Uh, it's going to be a close game. I think it's going to go either way. Um, I think early in the game we'll, 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 we'll know what Kansas City Chiefs team showed up. If they're knocking Lamar Jackson around and they're limiting some of the stuff he does with his legs and, and scanning the ball down the field, then I think the Chiefs have a really good opportunity. But this is a game where the Chiefs have to play their best football game of the year in the biggest game of the year. Can they do it? That remains to be seen. Timmy, you're the man. Great stuff. We appreciate it. We'll talk next week. Thanks, guys. All right, the good sense. End of the hour answer. Carl Anthony Towns, 62. They call him Cat. Cat. Cat, 62 in a loss last night. What player holds the record for points scored in a game in which their team lost? He's like, that's the fifth most, right? In a losing effort, fourth or fifth most? That is the fifth most. Uh, It would be the Skywalker. David Thompson, right? Uh, Yes. I don't remember him being called. I thought it was Kenny Walker was the Skywalker. Well, they used that on him later. Thompson was the original. David Thompson was the original. He he was playing playing when Star Wars was out. Well, that's right. Yeah, he was dubbed the the Skywalker. He had 73 and a 139-137 loss at Detroit in 1978. Those uh, behind him, between he and Carl Anthony Towns, uh, Devin Booker had 70 in 2017 for the Suns. Michael Jordan 64 for the Bulls in 93. George Gervin, 63 for the Spurs back in 1978. Um, Jordan had 63 in a loss, too, didn't yeah, he? In the, the Celtics in the, in the playoffs? In the playoffs, yes. Yeah. 
Um, interesting, uh, so, something else from that game, and it was too it's too wordy to put in the end of the hour, but that the uh, head coach of the Timberwolves <laughs> he would said that Cat had dried up. <laughs> At the end of the game, guy went for sixty three, and his coach pretty much was like, "Well, he didn't give us anything late." I mean, what the hell? Yeah, you can't give me seventy. Get out of here. Um, from Optostats last night, it was the four hundred fifteenth game in which a team, this is with Charlotte, had a two twenty five or lower winning percentage entering the game against a team that was seven hundred or better and trailed by fifteen going to the fourth quarter. 414 times that it happened. That was the first time the team, the bad team, came back to win. They were 0-414 before last night as Charlotte comes from 15 down to win by three on the road. Uh, how about, it was, wasn't last night the anniversary of Wilt's 100? No, mm, I no, think last night. No, it was the anniversary of Kobe's, 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 Kobe's 81. 81. Yeah. And uh, Joel Embiid goes for 70, and Carl Anthony Towns goes for 63. <laughs> I mean, I recognize we don't have an NBA team in this town, but NBA basketball right now is... It's never been better. Yeah. It's so good. And somebody asked Durant last night in a post, because he didn't hadn't heard with you, man, did you hear these scores? He's like, oh, man. How is it... The, the skill level of guys on offense, he says, like, it's never been as good as it is. So he's not. He's, I'm not really surprised to see guys do that because he's the, the, the skill level these guys have on offense right now is just otherworldly. I think a lot of it is related to, this isn't brand new, but the influx of international players. Because the international sort of schools of basketball, they teach them skill. It doesn't matter how tall you are. You're taught every skill from a very young age so even if you grow up and puberty hits and you become six foot ten you've still been disciplined in the school of dribbling and shooting and i don't think that's a coincidence and i think now american players are catching up to that yeah i do too uh you know both those guys Embiid and carl anthony towns can rain it from three in addition to Embiid can really play around the rim um He's spectacular. I mean, he won the MVP for a reason. He's probably more deserving right now of, yeah. of winning it this year. Um, you could make a case that he might have stolen it from Jokic or Giannis or something like that, but they're all, all three of those guys are just its ridiculous. You can't believe how big these people are and, and the things they can do physically. It's its also the reason why the whole – you know, I'm not going to sit and debate it, but Michael Jordan would have to shoot threes today. Yeah, right. Like they, they're skilled. The skill level of the players today is much better than it was then. And he had to shoot them over guys who were his size too. Yeah, and this idea that you know, oh yeah, Bill Russell, that was the old days, and Will, that doesn't count because that was the old days. But my youth, the guys that were good in my youth, yeah. no, they they live on forever. Yep. Like, come on, seriously, <laughs> stop it. And you, just for a second. <laughs> Have some sense. It could just be reasonable once. Uh, we give away good sense, goodsensesubs.com. You can order some good sense. You know, they got a uh, low carb option, Curtis. Mm. Did you know that? I did, actually. Keto, are you on the keto diet? I am not. Well, you might want to try it. I should give it a I shot. I'll tell you, you know, uh, it is uh, a way to uh, be carb conscious. Uh, good sense, uh, locally owned and operated. You know that they've got the uh, best, freshest, 
most wonderful smelling bread. I love it when I walk into a good sense, especially when it's cold it's, and it gets kind of like steamy on the warm. window. Oh, yes. It just smells great when you walk in. But for some people, they're trying to be carb conscious or like on a uh, uh, low keto diet. The uh, meatball side, it features the uh, founder's famous signature meatballs in marinara sauce and topped with Parmesan cheese. All for just five bucks. You can make it extra cheesy and add some additional provolone if you'd like, if you're going with the high protein, low carb uh, diet. Hearty and delicious. Uh, it will keep you satisfied. You won't have to stray from your keto or low-carb diet. It's at Good Sense. Good food that makes good sense. Get it tonight. Order it right now. GoodSenseSubs.com. If you want it for dinner, you can pick what time you want to pick it up. They will have it ready for you. Founded in Lenexa, Kansas, uh, you can get you some tonight. Uh, go take advantage of it. Plus, don't forget about their uh, wonderful uh, you know, party trays. Yes. If you're going to have everybody over to watch the game, it's a pretty good way to go. Yeah, because you can also you can eat all the sandwiches. You can also clean up on the other stuff, too. Just sit there, as we've done. Yep. You have them at your place for games. Just sit there and eat the veggies. Sub trays, cookie trays, hot family meals. Uh, plus, you can get $5 off any large catering tray or a hot family meal with the code WHBG5. WHBG5. Celebrate with good sense as they turn 35 in 2024. Uh, let's take a break. Uh, we will come back, uh, talk a little more Chiefs football. Sam McDowell from the Kansas City Star is going to join us in our next hour, the columnist for the Kansas City Star. Uh, we will get into a little bit about the uh, stadium issue, the latest on that, as we have the veto overridden. We'll get into that with Sam. Also talk about the uh, Chiefs and Ravens. He was in Buffalo as well. And uh, we'll see if we can get confirmation of the fact that uh, he did a full flip off a, a snowbank and onto a burning table. <laughs> and then the table didn't break. But did so while speaking in a very normal way. Yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll get to the bottom of that soon. 913-3810-810. You're in the program. You're listening to the program here on Sports Radio 810 WHB. That or the Indie Music Hour on a college station. Who was that? That's uh, the Rock on Tours. It's a side project of Jack White of the White okay. Stripes. Okay. Sounded like I can hear that now that you uh, mention it. The voice. Yeah. You can, you can hear it in there. Um, we were talking about the quarterback position, and you know, I was listening to Josh Allen get kind of beat up and run down. Uh, today we mentioned the Cowboys and everything that's going on with them. You know, is it is it is it as simple as I give you my theory that you don't have an owner that's trying to buddy up with, with all the players that empowers them to think that they're more important than the coach? Is it as simple as that, or is Mike McCarthy weak? Is Dak Prescott weak? Uh, I, I think one has an impact on the other. I mean, I mean, it, it may it takes a stronger coach and or player to to not fall prey to what what Jerry Jones is doing. The the, the dynamic you're talking about, and um, Jerry Jones is obviously a guy that that, that is is. Likes the sound of his own voice. He likes to sing, being out there, and part of that has to do with with maybe a lifelong thought that I I, I got to prove that I'm good enough. And hey, all these all these players are buddy, but I'm player. I'm friends with all these all these players. Kind of makes him feel like he's cool or something. And some people just never ever get over uh, the feeling that they're just not cool enough. And I think there's a lot of that in Jerry Jones. You don't 
have facial surgery if you, unless you think you still need to be cooler. And that has put him his, his head coach in a difficult position. And maybe Mike McCarthy doesn't quite have what it takes to get out of that position. But I, think, I don't think it's either one. I think one works uh, against the other, and it puts McCarthy in a tougher spot. When was the last time Jerry Jones hired a coach that was incredibly in demand? Andy Reid could have named his number and his team. Any team that had, a vote, had an opening would have taken Andy Reid after the 2012 season. And I don't remember. I mean, McCarthy had Bill won a Parcells, Super Bowl. I mean, maybe. he's not nothing. But um, he's – it just – I think there's something to that, that I think coaches know which ownership group will give them more free reign to behave how they want to behave. And if you've got that, that sort of leverage to choose who you want to choose – they haven't chosen I, Jerry Jones. I, I think you notice Bill Belichick is not going to the Cowboys. No, he's only interviewed with one team, the Falcons. And they haven't even put that to bed yet. No, they've, they've interviewed everyone. They've interviewed like eight guys. I mean, I wonder if it is over for Belichick. I wonder if he's like, listen, I got this really specific list. And it includes me having all yeah. the say. And everybody's like, yeah, you don't deserve that. I think he's going to end up with the Atlanta Falcons, but I'm I'm not convinced. Yeah. I, I, I'm wondering what's taking so long. If yeah. you know, if you want Bill Belichick, you know you don't. You're not hiring, interviewing seven other guys. Yeah, well, and, and how long do you need to talk to him about how he's going to do it? Yes. All right, what franchise has the best all-time winning percentage in the conference championship game? Brought to you by Joe's Kansas City Barbecue.